Schlob Talk Radio. Stay, stay. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our latest addition to the Armor Insider team. This right here is Lucky Rosenthal. We picked her up recently. This is our new puppy. She wanted to say hello. Do you have anything you'd like to say to everybody? She's shy. <laughs> anyway, guys, thought you all wanted to see it. I know you all were asking me about it. There she is. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the serious part of the day. If I put her down right here and let her roam around the office, you know, there would be little bombs all over the yard. See if anyone knows what that quote comes from. Guys, um, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being here. This is the Armor Report. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a show, as always, about stock market investing. What we do here is something called Quantamental Investing. The combination of using quantitative execution, where we use computer algorithms to tell us when to commit capital, when to take capital out. We combine it with a fundamental foundation, and that's the information edge I share with you um, today and every single Saturday we do this. So what we're going to go over today is stock market direction. We start there. We're going to share information um, looking at the armor algorithms for the top seven indexes that we use to manage risk. And we have an armor index only portfolio where we manage capital. And all we do in that portfolio is invest in these seven ETFs using the algorithms, right? So we're either long or we're in cash, these seven ETFs. And that's really the basis that drives all of our other risk decisions in our other armor portfolios, our armor aggressive and our armor conservative portfolios. So we're going to share with you what the algorithms are saying after last week's activity and what it means for how we manage capital on the armor trading desk. Then we're going to jump into precious metals. As always, it's the cornerstone of our portfolio and has been since um, the lows in March. Uh, and we're going to round it out with the cannabis couch. We've been chatting in the Armor uh, Insider Slack chat room, the trading desk we have every day for all Armor subscribers, Armor Insiders, we share information throughout the trading session. And um, an insider brought up, a couple different insiders, brought up a couple of ideas that I think could be ideal for hedging a portfolio into the election. And we're going to talk about that. So um, without further ado, let me just explain some of the ground rules. Don't forget, um, I don't know you personally, right? So I'm not telling you what to do or how to invest. I'm sharing with you information I use to manage my own capital and capital for investors we work for and work with, I should say, at Interactive Brokers, right? So we have an affiliation with Interactive Brokers, and that's how we manage capital. So take this information I'm sharing and make it your own, okay? Do your own research, make your own decisions, but perhaps over time, I can share with you the armor investing way, the three stages of investing using algorithms, and it will perhaps make you over time 
a more effective manager of your own capital. That's what we're trying to do, right? So there's three stages. The first stage of the Armour Investing Way is to build your whiteboard. Do your research. You don't run out and buy a stock because you love it. Put it on the whiteboard and you start to follow it and you do your research and you listen to conference calls and you read anything you can about the company. Get comfortable with the idea. Stage two, use algorithms. The quantitative side to make your risk decisions so greed and fear don't dominate what you do. And the third stage is to use sound risk management techniques of stop losses, right? And we have three stops that we follow. The principal protection stop, the raise stop, and the profit protection stop. We'll go over all of this throughout these conversations together. As always, I'll get to Q&A, so fill up the chat board, and I'll share with you guys. I'll cover any thoughts you might have at the end of the show. So, um, step one. First part of the show, let's get into a review of... Um, the S&P, let's start here. Uh, let, let me say this. The Armour index-only portfolio and the Armour risk monitor. By the way, if you enjoy this conversation, give me a thumbs up. As always, that helps me out on YouTube. And subscribe if you'd like to this channel or to the armorreport.com. That's a website we have set up for you. Become an Armour insider and kind of go in a little bit more depth from these conversations on Saturday. Okay, so um, the the risk monitor is a guide to help you understand how we put capital to work. What phase of the market are we in? Green, yellow, or red? Green means we're putting aggressive capital to work. Yellow means we're managing success and rotating capital, but not aggressively. Okay. And then red obviously means risk off, raise cash, not putting any money to work. Okay. So let's take a quick look at the S&P to review. Okay. This is the chart of the S&P. I'm going to blow it up for you. All right. The risk monitor right here, the last time we had a green risk on signal was the 29th of June. We had five days to put capital to work. It was up five days in a row. Then we entered risk monitor yellow and been yellow all the way up until, um, yeah, uh, until Friday. Okay. I'm not exactly sure ex uh, how to change this color. It's not risk monitor red yet. So let's call it risk monitor orange. I'd like to make it simple and just have red, you know, green, yellow. But every now and then there's shades of gray, or in this case, you know, shades of, of, of yellow, I guess, and red. So we're at orange. What's happened is, and if you go back and look at this chart, so right here on the 29th, that was the day that the risk monitor went green and all seven indexes were long in our index-only portfolio. So we were 100% invested in the seven indexes. Those, and what we do is we buy the ETFs. So we owned SPY, the S&P, QQQ, the NASDAQ 100, IWM, the small cap, DIA, the Dow, MTUM, the momentum index, um, VLUE, the value index, and FFTY, the IBD 50. And that covers all of the market for us, okay? So on that day, we were 100% long the market. And we were 100% long the market right up until Friday. 
Okay? And on Friday, I guess this is the most important piece at the moment for you to know, risk monitor orange, that, that doesn't really help you. What does it really mean? In the index-only portfolio, we're now carrying 40% cash, okay? So one index was stopped out. And I'm going to share with you um, the algorithmic, um, a chart representation of the algorithms, okay? So, oops, that's not it. Take a look at this right here. Okay, you're now looking at an algorithmic chart all of these squiggly lines, this is all a, a graphic representation of what the algorithms look like, okay? But what we're looking at right here is the IBD 50, okay? You're looking at the IBD 50, and what you're going to see right in here, right up here, is the IBD 50 trail stopped out, and we exited this position, so now we only have six of the seven indexes in the portfolio at the moment. Okay. You'll notice in the bottom right-hand part of the screen, this is just a couple of indicators we use that I'm sharing with you. All of them crash negative. Okay. And if I scroll through a couple of the other uh, indexes I've set up for you, you'll notice all of these indexes, these indexes, um, uh, um, all of these different indicators that we use. And by the way, these indicators are all infused with our own calculations. So we take off the shelf indicators like stochastic or DMI or the commodity channel index, and then we change the code and write in our own algorithm on top of it. Okay. And it's infused with a volatility component that makes it in our opinion, much more effective. Okay. But as you see, as I scroll through, this is the small cap, Okay, this is the Dow. Look at the bottom right-hand part of the screen here. Okay, they're, they're, they all look exactly the same. We had a, of course, that's NASDAQ 100. Okay, and here's, in, here's the S&P. All right, so we've had mass selling across the board that has affected um, it's affected the risk monitor. It turns it orange. What will turn it red is if next week there's follow through to the downside that takes the other six indexes below their stops. So this was a shot across the bow, or I like to say a pistol shot in the prairie in the midst of a mechanical bull stampede. So we had this massive stampede and you can see that right here where the S&P just blew out the top side. And if I shrink this down a bit, you're going to see we took out the all-time highs and just accelerated up, okay? And then it's like somebody just, you know, some cowboy just blew, you know, stood in the middle of the stampede and pulled a, a weapon out and, you know, boom, the pistol shot went off. And all of, this, all of the cattle stopped running for a second. That's what happened. And so the question is, will the stampede continue? Or... Or is the stampede over and a whole consolidation pattern is going to begin? Now, I've been talking to you guys about the S&P, and I've been showing you this Andrews fork. And I say, the Fed is adding massive amounts of liquidity since the low in here. So is that starting a new Andrews fork that began the last time the market had a 10% correction off the top in June? Or, or 
has all the Fed done put us back into the much bigger Andrews fork that goes back a much longer period of time? Now you're looking at a weekly chart, okay, going way back. And so what we have was the market above the top of that fork. So you're in rarefied, dangerous air, and you had a crash because of the pandemic out of the bottom of the fork. So the Fed came out and said, we're going to support everybody. Don't worry about it. All right. So that ripped the market back to the top of the fork. And are we going to go back into this channel in here, which means there's going to be selling. There'll be a correction that'll take us down to a certain part of the fork and then perhaps back up and we get into a more normalized market, a more normal uptrend. I don't know. We won't know until it plays out. Is there a new fork that's going to take us to all-time new highs, or are we just back into a normal range because the Fed's not going to support the market in, in an absolute you know, um, uh, um, levitation higher? But the Fed will support the market in this range, okay? So there's two ways to have played this. We could have sold things as the market broke out last week because we could have said, hey, we're out of the top of the, the Andrews fork. But I'm not, I don't like to predict. I'm not on this show telling you, here's my crystal ball of algorithms, and I know it'll go down next week. I don't know what it's going to do next week. We read and react to what's happening. So Armor Insiders know this. I've been telling you for the last week, maybe week and a half, that if you're a conservative account, you should be raising some cash. Naturally, when you hit a target and book a profit, don't reinvest it, I've been saying for the last week and a half. Okay, aggressive accounts, my own account and aggressive accounts, you know, we've earned the right to take a lot of risk. We've made a, a ridiculous amount of money on this run. So I'm out there putting money to work. I book a profit. I take a I hit a stop. I put more money to work. All right. Well, that means on Thursday and Friday, I'm going to lose more money. Right. Because I kept putting money to work. But a conservative account for the last week and a half should have been building up a cash position to a certain degree. And I know some of you insiders were doing it. And I applaud you for that. Okay. So what do we do going forward? Next week is a pivotal week. Let me share with you uh, a basic roadmap. Let's go back to the S&P chart and look at what happened in June. Okay. This is right here. This is the June sell-off. Oops. I don't want to do that. Okay. So, um, this is the June sell. It's a little bit tight there. It's something like, there you go. All right. This is the June sell-off. It was about a 10% collapse from high to low right here. Now, those of you who were following me back then might recall that on this huge down day, we went to 50% cash in our portfolio, maybe more. Actually, it's probably a bigger cash position. If you, don't, if you take the, the precious metals part of our portfolio out of this discussion, because they, they marched to the beat of their own drum then we probably were down to zero stocks that were not um, precious metals related, or maybe just a couple. I think we had a, a handful, just a handful. All right. We cut every position down, but two days later, this was a Monday. This was a Thursday on Monday that day. I told all of you, I was doubling every position left in the portfolio. And I think that was shares of Spotify and Lavongo and Chegg. And I said, we're doubling it right there because this market just proved the 50-day and the 200-day moving average is going to be the support. The low of the big down day held, and so the reward-to-risk ratio was right. 
don't forget, guys, what we try to do at Armor Trading Desk every day is put ourselves on the right side of probabilities and statistics when the reward is worth the risk. The algorithms help us with that. They tell us, yep, you could put money to work now. You might lose money. This is not 100% guarantee. But the setup is right from a reward to risk standpoint. What does that mean? Back here, when we were adding the positions right in here and really right here on the, this day right in here, okay, what we were saying is, we don't know. It might go down the next day and we'll get stopped out of everything. But if we're right here, if the, the probabilities suggested the market was going higher on the 29th of June, and what we said is put your capital to work now. The probabilities are in your favor. The market should go higher. If it fails, the stop is tight. You'll have one terrible down day and you'll be back to cash. But if it's successful, you'll make a lot of money. And that's exactly what happened. Okay? That's what we're trying to do every day. So back here, after the collapse down and reversal on the three-day chart, what I said this particular day was I'm I'm doubling all of my leadership positions that did not get stopped out of the portfolio because they've proven their strength. They're holding their supports. But notice how it still took a month before the general market set up a buy point where our algorithms told us it's time to put a lot of capital to work. So let's go over to today and what's going to happen next week. We had another pretty vicious sell-off. From top to bottom, it might have been 10% on the, S on the NASDAQ for sure. I'm sure it was that. Maybe, maybe more for the IBD50, and that's why we got taken out. So what we're looking for now is for the lows of the fourth to hold. What we want to see is a test of that low that holds and a reversal pattern of some kind. This was a three-day reversal pattern we were adding to positions. But we, we didn't need to. We could have been patient and waited a month as the market built its base and then stepped up, which we did in a major way, on, on June 29th. So what I'm suggesting to you now is next week is a week um, to see if, number one, was that sell-off enough to take the steam out of the market to set up another entry point, just like it did in June? Or is more coming? If we take out the low of Friday and close below the low of Friday, then a whole new pattern is developing. And so what we do on our trading desk, particularly after a huge run, is we are protecting capital first at this stage. And we'll capture upside second. We reduce our index-only portfolio to 40% cash, 60% long. Another down day that takes out those lows will take out probably all the indexes, okay? So we're going to shoot first and ask questions second at this stage in the cycle. Let me show you another reason why. Back here in June, I was willing to be a little bit more um, bullish. I was willing to hold positions a little bit longer. And the reason was we were right at the 200-day moving average. That's a key institutionally supported moving average. That's where institutions put capital to work. Notice how far away we are from the 200-day at this point. Back here, we touched the 50 and the 200 and reversed. That's why I was willing to put capital to work there and to put work here. 
Right now, we're still above the 50 and the 200. So there's air still under the market. Now, I know the market had a strong close on Friday. Okay, It might rip higher on Tuesday for all I know. Try to make new highs. Okay, So welcome to the most difficult part of investing for you and for me. The waiting. It's the sitting on your hands and waiting. That's the hardest part. When you've made the kind of money we've made in the last five months, it's addictive. You want it every day. Where's your next idea that's going to go up? And this is what we have to fight against at this stage in the market. I have seen this happen time and time again to investors. They make a lot of money and they give away most of that money, continuing to try to make something happen as the market is resetting or is going down or is consolidating. And you get chewed up and chewed up and chewed up. Your stops keep getting hit. You start getting frustrated. You don't understand what's going on. Then you get burned out. You finally go to cash. And that's when the market gives a buy signal and rips higher. You have got to avoid the drug addict's desire to put capital to work. That's not our job. Our job is to protect capital first, capture upside second. We do that by putting capital to work when the reward's worth the risk and the probabilities are in our favor. At the moment, the probabilities are not in our favor, and the reward-risk ratio could be equal, maybe worse. Okay, the the absolute hardest part of the market and what I hate the most is if the market rips higher next week and goes to all time new highs. That will be the most difficult period for us. Because I will not be chasing stocks. Okay, won't do it. Have to sit it out, have to wait for the next setup. And I submit to you, if the market just rips high, tries to rip to new highs without testing the low of last week, I would submit to you, statistically speaking, that's a sucker's bet. That's trying to draw in the last guy who's missed it right before it reverses and makes a top. See, tops are made by a collapse like last week and then a rip higher dies again and another rip higher that dies again and then you finally get a rollover but if this is a continuation of the bull market what we should have is a test next week of the lows that sets up a buying opportunity from which to extend the new highs again okay so to wrap up this segment um there are a handful of names i'll go over them in a little bit that are at the top of my whiteboard that I, I really like, but I sold anyway because they went through stops. If those stops hold, if, I mean, if those lows hold, okay, and they reverse, I might feed a little bit back into them, but do it at a reduced position size for aggressive accounts, okay? If the market's going higher and we get a nice, okay, I'll try a couple names but it'll be reduced, it'll be smaller, it'll be for aggressive accounts. Conservative accounts won't be chasing anything. Okay? 
If, however, the whole market tests the low and we get the same type of action we had in, in early June, well, then I'll start putting my favorite names back in the portfolio because that'll be a test, perhaps down at the 50-day moving average. Take a look at the, the, the S&P again, right? Let's say it comes right down in here and touches the 50 and then sets up a reversal pattern. That's when I'll put some capital to work again. No doubt because the risk monitor will tell us opportunity here. Stops are holding. Okay? But that's what we've got now, guys. The hardest stage of this investing cycle, the hardest part, is the waiting for the right entry point. It's fun to make a lot of money. It's fun to get out in February and the market crashes and you're like, hey, I'm outperforming everybody. But that's not normal. And I don't expect the market to crash at this point. Okay? We already know pandemic, whatever. So my guess is, if anything, this is a consolidation that's going to set up. And we just don't know how it's going to be created. In June, it took a month. And then we had a whole other entry point. For all we know, this could be a consolidation that goes right through the election. And then after the election, there's a breakout that runs to the end of the year. So we just don't know. And this is the time for waiting and watching. Okay? Moving on to precious metals. Um, and by the way, whoever was the YouTube viewer that suggested I get a boom mic, a boom from my mic, I really appreciate the suggestion. Thank you very much, and I hope it's helping. Um, let me, uh, precious metals real quick. I don't have much to report here in precious metals other than they've outperformed the indexes, okay? Gold, this is GDX, making a beautiful uh, pennant formation, holding the 50-day, even though the market was plummeting. And by the way, guys, gold stocks are like any other stock. If the market implodes, gold stocks will go down. Just look at February and March if you don't believe me. Don't fall in love with gold stocks thinking they have to go up. They don't have to go up if the whole market is imploding. But really, the last three days, I really love the action in precious metal stocks. Down this day, closed higher. Down this day, closed higher. Then the market's getting wrecked, but these stocks closed higher again, holding the 50-day. So what we're looking for, obviously, is a breakout of the top side of this pennant. And if we get it, you know, it's all systems go. And so my only thought to you about this is um, precious metals, remember this. Write this down so you just remember this and you don't, get, you don't get caught in this ridiculousness. The first week of the month and the last week of the month there is always the potential for manipulation to the downside. The first week of the month, you always have non-farm payroll number, okay? And for whatever stupid reasons, algorithms are written, if the number is better than expected, they sell off precious metals, or they tried to, okay? Or they sell them off in front of the number, and then you get a much worse than expected economic number, and they rally back. So it happens every month. And at the end of the month, we have options expiration and the role. All right. And that's always creating pressure. So if you want to know what gold stocks and gold and silver are really doing, what you want to see is the meat of the month, the two weeks in between when the real physical demand takes over again and the noise on either end of the beginning of the month isn't around. And that's what we really know. So if we got a breakdown in the next two weeks below that pennant out, all right, something's wrong with our theory and we have to go to cash. Right. But if you get some shaking out in the first week of the month like we did this past week it doesn't mean anything and at the end of the day the chart proves that everything held up now when the small cap index is breaking down okay i'm going to reduce exposure 
Okay, so in armor portfolios, I got shaken right out of S, uh, a silver crest. It was just a question of protecting capital, guys. If they're wrecking small caps, I'm not going to hold on to small caps. I don't care what they do. All right. Reduce my position or exited my position in, in mag silver. I still love these names. They're right at the top of my whiteboard. I could buy them back next week. But if the market's in free fall, I'm not going to hold small cap stocks. In fact, I might instead take that capital and double my position in Pan American silver. I want the most liquid stocks. If we go into a market where we get weakness in the overall market and weakness in small cap stocks, then what I want to do is focus my investing attention on the big cap names with liquidity. Okay. Oops. This is not the stock I was going to show you. Look, I mean, wheat and precious metals. Stock is holding up great. So I might take some money that I've took, I took out of the portfolio just to protect capital and rotate it into um, institutional leadership where I expect big, better support if the market starts to get shaky. Okay. Now let's finish up with the cannabis couch and then we can um, get to some Q&A. I wanted to um, share this thought with you, a couple of thoughts. Guys have been asking me about uh, MSOS, which is the new ETF that allows you to own all of the U.S. MSOs, even though they trade on the CSE. And would I buy MSOS? Um, guys, you, you have to read the prospectus of MSOS. Okay. I, I was reading it the other day. It, it makes me go cross-eyed. Okay. You have to understand how they create this synthetic ability for you to own these U.S. MSOs. And for the sake of this conversation, I know we're going long here, so let me get to it. Um, bottom line, I would rather own each MSO and just buy something traded on the CSE than buy MSOS. That's my opinion. You do whatever you want. But for me, I'd rather just buy what's on the CSE. And I get it. If you can't buy what's on the CSE, then you can buy MSOS. Okay, but just be aware of what's going on there. They're, they're using swaps to do it. It's, there's, there's other risk in the position than just the MSO. You know, um, so if you're comfortable with that, go ahead and own it. But you better read this prospectus and understand the asset you're actually owning. Um, and for me, at the end of the day, I'm warming up to the idea of just buying my favorite four MSOs, which is True Leaf and Cresco Labs and Curaleaf and Green Thumb. And I haven't done that in a long time, but I'm warming up to that idea. That's where I would go, but I'm not doing that yet. What I wanted to say today about setting up for the election, I'm always looking for a hedge. I think I told you guys this last week. A hedge for the portfolio to me is to own some type of cannabis investment. If uh, somehow Democrats take control of everything, um, while the market will suffer from that greatly, uh, it, cannabis stocks and that whole group should skyrocket right, on that surprise. I don't, I don't think that's – I think it will be a surprise if there's actually you know, a major takeover. Um, uh, and I would expect gold and silver to go up on that because if you had – Democrats in the White House and Congress, we've already had obscene spending as it is. The stimulus packages that would come out of that would be, you know, 
otherworldly. <laughs> it would be absurd. And so the value of the dollar would go down and precious metals would go up. So we already have a good hedge there. But um, boy, right? Cannabis would go through the roof if that was the case. So how do we play it? I had a couple guys in the armor Slack room. So we have an armor trading desk set up. It's a Slack room. All subscribers, armor insiders are part of that Slack room all day. And what I do is I have a morning call just for armor insiders at 830 in the morning. And then throughout the day, we're sharing ideas. Sometimes I do videos during the day, an in-game update, if you will, if things are crazy. And I did a lot of those this week because the market was insane. Um, and a couple guys, a couple insiders shared some thoughts, wanting to know what, you know what I was thinking of these two ideas. And I think after we all chatted a bit, it could be one of the best ways to hedge a portfolio into the election from a cannabis perspective. And it could be these simple investments of Constellation brands. First of all, the chart pattern is brilliant there, right? That's a really nice pattern. So from a reward to risk standpoint, there's a chart pattern that we, that we like to own right there. Constellation, I mean, that, that chart looks great. It hasn't even broken out yet. And it, those of you who know me know I love a pattern like that. Look at that pattern. I did a whole, I, if you're on our email list, you received an email last week from me uh, about these chart patterns I really love, which are, they look just like Constellation. Huge uptrend, big pullback. So we're buying weakness in the midst of overall strength, right? And then we drill down into the daily chart and we see that we're breaking out right above the 200-day moving average in the 50-day. I mean, truth be told, I should already own this stock. I just haven't bought it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm not in buy mode because the market's breaking down, okay? But this is the top of the leaderboard for me. I'd like to add this name somewhere before the election. This company owns a big piece, right, of um, canopy growth, okay? So um, if we get a, a blue wave, and uh, cannabis goes through the roof, I imagine Constellation Brands is going to skyrocket, and that's a low-risk, high-reward way to play it. And I don't think the stock goes down just because Trump gets reelected. That's not going to affect the stock negatively. Okay? So that's a win-win, I think. And, of course, you have to look at Philip Morris. Now, I don't love the, you know, I like Constellation better because I, I think the wine and spirits business is a better business to be in than tobacco, okay, for a whole host of reasons. And look at the downtrend. So we've got a wicked downtrend in, um, in, in Philip Morris and, you know, absolutely no signs of that abating. So it's on my whiteboard. I have less of an interest here. Right? I don't really love that pattern. There's no, you know, I say weakness in the midst of strength, right? There's no strength at all in, in Altria. Okay. So before I'd ever buy this, I need to see this break out of this pattern. Otherwise, you'd rather buy the bottom of the channel. I mean, that's like one of the greatest downtrends I've ever seen. So if you're out there constantly buying at the top of the trend, trying to hope it breaks out of the trend, you're just losing money. And I don't care about the dividend yield. I mean, that's just losing money. So what I need to see is this stock break out and build some type of a consolidation. And then we get a risk on buy signal and then it's game on. All right. But so those two top stocks are at the top of the leaderboard. And of course, you know, canopy growth would round it out for me. We don't own the stock right now. We're not missing anything. And I still don't, you know, I don't have any desire to run in there right now. But if you look at those three charts, you could see how impressive Constellation looks compared to the other two. And so this has to be on the top of my whiteboard when it comes to hedging a portfolio for election risk 
in the cannabis space. All right. So I hope that's been helpful. Let's get to the Q&A. I know we're deep into our uh, time here. Um, let me go. Let me go up the, uh, the list of questions you guys have. Thanks for spending time with me as always. All right. Nice. Nice to see you. Congrats on lucky. Thank you very much. Tech monkey. What do you think of WPM and where would you put stop if you bought it at 35? Okay, Mark, um, let's go to the videotape. So let's look at um, WPM. Okay, so that's a classic example of, you know, weakness in the last month versus a massive uptrend of strength. So look, I don't care where you bought the stock. I, the, the bottom line is you bought the stock at 35 Great. So you're making money in the stock. I mean, the 50-day moving average is a stop without a doubt for me. That's my stop. So if it closes below 50.01, and that's going to have to be on a closing basis. And if you're an Armour Insider, you know we have a strategy of how we use, you know, how do we execute stops? We don't execute in the first two hours of trading, right? Uh, and then we execute from there the rest of the day, depending on how, it's, you know, how it performs and where it is at the close. And generally, I use a bit of an offset. So it's not exactly 50.01. You know, it could be a 5 or $0.10 cent offset or, you know, it could be more than that, depending on the structure of the chart. But basically, the 50-day moving average is the stop there. Um, you got back into work. Okay, work was in our portfolio. We had a gain in the stock. We booked a bit of a profit right up here. On this down day, we booked some profit. On this day, we got rid of the whole position, actually early in the morning. Wait a minute. We might have sold it on this day, the, the down day. I think we sold the whole thing on the big down day. Yeah. So we were out right here on um, we, we added the position in here. Armor insiders know this. It ran up and it, when it pulled back on that big down day, we're out. Now, guys, the, the three down days in a row is a major problem for me. OK, so when you're looking through your charts and you're trying to see which stocks are the leadership and which aren't uh, and you're looking at the indexes and saying, how bad is this sell off? Two down days is never the end of the world, but three in a row of gnar you know, you know, gnarly red candles, that's a problem. That's usually signifying a trend change. So um, let's take a look at something together. So here's an example, okay? So here's IBD50, and we got stopped out of this index um, on this day right here as it broke down. This was so... Uh, on Thursday, we got stopped out. So this is two down days in a row. All right, it's not the end of the world. It could still hold here, build a base here. It could test the low, but close higher. And when I say three down days in a row, I mean down, down, down. So if on Tuesday it closes down here, we got a major problem. But if it tests the low and closes higher on Tuesday, then we have a bottom uh, forming. Okay. But now if you look at work. Hey, this is three down days in a row. That's ugly. And they're coming into earnings announcement, right? There's just, you know, that's just danger to me. So stock is out of the portfolio. Again, I'm sharing with you what I do. This is my approach. This is the armor investing way approach. It doesn't have to be yours. Don't let me talk you out of a position, follow your own, you know, your own guide, but 
listen to what I'm saying. And if over time, the way the armor investing process works, if it begins working for you, then you can begin changing how you address your positions. Okay, this is about the percentages. We want to be on the right side of probabilities. We care less about capturing upside and more about protecting capital, particularly after a huge five-month run. Do I really care if the market reverses and skyrockets the next week? I mean, really, after the money we've made, I can be patient and look for the next entry point where the reward to risk is appropriate and optimal and the probabilities are in my favor. Okay, right now we're, we've just, we just exited that, that stage and it's much more dangerous. All right, um, I don't have anything to say to you on Apple. I think buying a stock based on a stock split is always a mistake. Um, so I hope you owned it earlier than that. And, um, you know, again, here, here's the chart pattern. It's just had a wicked run with what looks like a pretty clear top at some point. Now, a base could form in here and it could go higher again. But I submit to you, if the thing just rips the highs, you know, next week, that would be a negative to me. That, that's the type of an action where extreme volatility is entering the picture. That's usually a negative over, over uh, a short term to intermediate term period. It's not a positive. It would be better if this asset was down early next week, set up a base on the 50-day moving average, and gave us a whole new entry. Let me tell you something else, guys, anecdotally, okay? Part of the Armor um, Slack trading desk, one of the channels I have set up is day trading slash hedging, okay? We made a killing on Friday day trading. We were short GDX in the morning and long the indexes after 11.30, okay? We made a lot of money. I, I don't tell you that um, for you to clap for me. What I mean is, when volatility increases dramatically, we make a lot of money short, uh, um, uh, intraday trading. For most of this run in the last four or five months, we haven't made a lot of money day trading. Not a lot of room. Market's been grinding higher. Volatility's been going down. That's a sign of a bull market that makes me want to be long and strong and not stopped out. But really for the last two days, Thursday and Friday, with that volatility spike, the window opened. And all we do on our day trading, uh, just to be clear, I trade indexes. I use algorithms. We have algorithms set up to trade indexes, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow, the small cap, okay? And I like to trade GDX because I'm long in the portfolio, so I hedge shorting with GDX periodically, okay? So um, – for a number of weeks in here, there's been nothing for us to do. Our, our day trading algorithms have not been giving us a lot of opportunities. And when we have gotten some, some good looks, gains are small, losses have been small, kind of not getting anywhere. But if you remember, in February and March, we made a fortune intraday trading, long and short. Okay? Well, we just had a nice run for a couple of days at the end of the week last week. That's not bullish for the general investing picture. That's actually bearish because it means volatility is going like this. So just keep that in mind, okay? Um, Gregory, uh, I bet you just got a red alert. It's not red yet. It's not red, okay? It's, it's still, it's orange. Now, if we get taken out, if the lows get taken out next week, it'll take 
all of our index-only portfolio to cash. And at that point, it'll be red, completely red. All right. Um, please look at uh, Microsoft and Apple if possible. Okay, so um, we talked about Apple already. Let's take a look at uh, Microsoft. I, I favor Microsoft over Apple. I actually like that, the, the pattern a little bit better. Um, but you can see this pattern, this breakout right here has just been, has just been dramatically tested, although the 50-day held again. So, you know, uh, this, is, this is the bottom line, guys. Risk monitor orange. If it gets worse next week, we're going to go to red and we'll have a lot of cash in the portfolio, more than we already have. Okay. Our index only portfolio will go to 100% cash. Right now we're 40% cash, 60% long. So we're, we're really one more bad day away from getting red. But it doesn't have to. You know, we're in this massive mechanical bull market. And so it could just consolidate up here. A couple terrible days, the lows hold, and a month from now we get a whole other risk on buy signal. I don't know. So we just have to read and react. And if you've, you've already had a you know, huge run, even if you haven't, erring on the side of protecting capital is always the best choice. Long term, if you protect capital first, capture upside second, your net worth will grow better than if you reverse that equation. Okay? Um, Thinking of entering Microsoft. I, you know, I, I don't disagree with that. I just need to see a setup there. I don't buy a falling knife just because things are coming down. All right. Tech Monkey, what are your thoughts on MSOs versus MJ? Um, also, okay, so there's my answer. I already spoke about that. Obviously, I'd go with MJ before MSOS. You, you just have to read that perspective. I don't want to own that asset. Also, did you think of, okay, acreage? Um, I don't want to own acreage. I don't know really what's going on with that deal. I'd rather just own uh, um, canopy growth straight out. I need liquidity, particularly in this market. All right. Um, do you ever feel out of tune with the market? What do you do to get back into the correct flow? What a great question. God, Jason, that, that's a great question. And um, all of us feel out of flow with the market at some point. That's why I said to you, welcome to the hardest stage in investing, which is the waiting. If the market rips higher next week, I'm going to be second guessing myself like anybody would. But that's why I follow the armor investing way. It's a strategy I execute when the TV's off and the market's closed and I execute it ruthlessly when the market opens. And I, I put blinders on and I just do it because I know over a long period of time, if I put myself on the right side of probabilities over and over again, when the reward's worth the risk, I'll come out ahead. But there could easily be a few weeks, could be a couple months where I'm waiting and the market's running without me. And that is the, the most grueling time for a money manager fighting the demons of wanting to get involved. But you have to remember that this isn't about wanting to get involved. It's not about my ego. It's not about wanting to get involved. It's about making money and protecting capital. It's not about what I want or what feels good. If the, if the market runs away next week, 
Conservative accounts are not putting more money to work. Aggressive accounts, including my own, okay, I might nibble around the edges in my favorite ideas at the top of my whiteboard. But position sizes will be smaller. Cash will be held in the portfolio, a certain allocation, until we get the next risk-on setup. So one way to get back into the cycle of the market, if it runs away from you, is just stop chasing. Here's a guarantee. You ready for this? Here's a stock market guarantee. All right? I know a lot of my competitors love it. Oh, here's a guarantee. Right? None of those are true. Those are all lies. Here's a real guarantee. You ready? The market will always give you another opportunity. It doesn't go up in a straight line. It has corrections. You just have to be patient. And you have to jump on them when you see them. When the reward's worth the risk, the probability's in your favor, you step up. You know, the market had a big run up until June. Then it had that sell-off in June, and we got that beautiful double-bottom sell uh, set up with a risk-on buy signal, and so many people told me I was crazy. It has to go back down. It has to re blah, 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 blah. We put all our money to work and made another fortune, okay? It gave us a chance, and what happens, the demons that come in, is that it runs away from you. You don't trade. Great. Then it comes down and sets up a base, and you start thinking the market's going lower. You have to stop thinking and just execute a strategy. That's the way to get back in sync. Those are my thoughts for you there. All right. Uh, I held GDX and even bought more at the low. I think your stop would have been triggered on Friday. Not GDX. My stop was not triggered on GDX. None of my gold stocks and silver stocks were triggered on Friday. I reduced small cap positions on Friday. Because when the market gets thin like that, I don't want to hold small cap stocks, not even precious metal stocks. So I step out for a minute to see, hey, I don't know what's going on with the market. I'm not holding small cap gold and silver stocks. If the market settles here and make, finds a base on the 50-day and we see that pennant on GDX breakout, I'll buy back those stocks. All right? Um, so I don't, this is a major, major uh, uh, um, thing for you guys to understand. And I know Armor Insiders understand this because I, I share this with you every day in the trading desk, on the trading desk. But we have stops set up. We don't trigger those stops just because the price is hit. When the price is hit, it's like an alert, tells us something negative has just happened. Then we have an execution plan for the rest of the day. Okay. And so GDX never took us out of the position. Okay. Um, Kevin, logo on your sweatshirt. Oh, uh, my logo on my sweatshirt. It's just a, this is, um, there you go. It's just a skull, nothing particular. Um, where, where, <laughs> Jalanja, I, I think I pronounced that correct. Um, waiting is not your strong suit. It's not for any of us. It's the hardest part, man. Um, all right. Slack, Pinterest, Walmart, Disney. So Slack is off the table for me. I don't like that pattern. I don't, I don't, anytime you get three down bars in a row like that, uh, I have to step out of that position. So that's ugly. Disney is one of the positions that's still in armor portfolios. It did not trip any stop triggers. So it's still in armor portfolios. 
And it's the kind of position that if the market holds next week and tries to make new highs, I would probably double my exposure on Disney. Okay, because it's, it's leadership that's not breaking down. Uh, what else you got from Pinterest? I love Pinterest, okay, but stopped out of the position. And here's another rule for, for you guys to remember. I have an Armor Investing Rules of the Road. Armor Insiders, you can access this on the website. Go to armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. I've got an Investing Rules of the Road, a whole list of them that I follow. Now, I'm building this list for my seven-year-old son and three-year-old daughter. Eventually, they're going to take over the business. <laughs> I want them to know all that I know. So on this list is one of the most important rules of investing is not to let gains turn into losses. If you've got gains on positions that get wiped out in a couple of days and you're back to break even, I'll raise cash. I'll just stop. Whoop! I'm going to take that capital back out. See how it behaves over the next couple of days. If it holds support at the original pl- price that I, I bought it, I might buy it back, okay? But when the market's imploding, I look at my portfolio and I say, uh-oh, I had gains in these stocks and it's back to break even. I'm done. I'm not losing money on this trade. And so Pinterest is an example of that. Stock goes back to the top of the whiteboard, okay? If it holds that 25-day, if it holds the support in here and gives me another opportunity, that'll be one of the first stocks that goes back into an account, okay? And Walmart, I don't own, okay? We don't own Walmart. You could. I mean, the chart looks great there. You know, we booked our profit in Target. You know, when Target broke below the the um, the low of the big gap up day, we're you know we're done with that trade because chances are this this gap will close. Okay. Um, you know, Walmart had a couple of good announcements, but we're not in that trade. And if you are, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. That chart looks pretty good. You would use the 25 days your stop. You know, nothing wrong with that trade. All right, let's go to uh, the next question. Okay. Back into Microsoft. I'm just not ready for that yet. We have to see how the market holds up. Brett, nice call on VIX last week. I love Max Player Derby Day. All right, sounds good. I'll look at it. Um, Thoughts on NGD for a small cap. All right, uh, Adrian, I'm not a buyer of um, small cap metals right now at all or any small cap stock for that matter, okay? The chart looks phenomenal, right? I mean, you can't argue with that chart. And I, I even thought Nova Gold, I mean, what a great week Nova Gold had. So if you own them, you're not going to sell them, but I'm just not out there buying small cap stocks in the midst of a market sell-off, that's all. And AG, Nothing wrong with um, First Majestic. It's just not my favorite silver stock. So um, Armor Portfolios and the Armor Whiteboard has what we believe to be the best silver and gold stocks based on management and um, uh, assets in the ground, the the quality of the assets in the ground. And just to give you a, a, a reminder, I, um, you know, my father and I have been running money together for years and, uh, we ran a precious metals hedge fund starting back in 2005. And we ran that for more, more, um, I guess about a decade. So, I mean, this is one of our passions. So there's nothing wrong with AG. If the whole group goes up, the stock will go up, but it's just an opportunity cost of money. And that, that stock doesn't make it, you know, to the list for us. All right. Um, Chewy. Oh, geez. I love Chewy. 
We did make some money on Chewy, probably made more than enough to cover all of my new dog expenses. Um, but uh, you, you, can't, you can't avoid the fact that this was a blow-off top and, uh, and reversal. Now, if it can hold here, that's great. But again, uh, profits had to be booked. You know, we made some money on this trade. And when it went back to our break-even price, we took the rest of the position out. And then we'll have to sit around and wait to see how this sets up. I'd love to own this stock in front of earnings because I think they're going to have a big, uh, a big number. But if you're in a stock market that's plummeting, big numbers get sold. So it doesn't really matter what the number is if, if we're in a correcting stock market. And hey, let me tell you something. September can be one of the worst months of the year. I think if you look at the Stock Traders Almanac, September is the worst month of the year, historically. So I don't know if this year is going to be any different. I know with the Fed buying assets, it's hard to tell with historical data. But um, you've had a huge run into September. September's usually a tough month. September started off awful. Uh, I got to protect capital first, but Chewy goes right back to the top of the leaderboard for me. And I have to just wait. Um, great, Alex, always evaluate more on your own. I'm glad you wrote that. All right. I gave you an opinion on Microsoft. Do your own, make your own decisions. I'm just sharing with you my, uh, um, process for investing. Okay. It works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. Okay. Thoughts on small cap currency and I, I'm moving forward. Oh, small caps currently. I don't, I don't, um, I don't really love, uh, okay. This is my thought on small caps. Take a look at the chart. That's the IWM. So first of all, dramatic underperformance compared to large caps, right? Large caps are all trading well above their highs. Small caps, not even close. Okay. So small caps are laggards and small caps lead on the downside. They lead on the downside. If there's a real correction coming, small caps will go down more than the big caps. The reason is simple. Investing is a huge pyramid. The pool of investable capital is a huge upside-down pyramid. Okay? The point of the pyramid here, the least amount of capital invests in small cap. The most amount of capital invests in big cap. Okay? So big cap is supported by huge institutional money flows. Small caps are not. So if we have a real correction coming in front of us, they're going to get hit the worst. They didn't get to hit the worst this week. This was just a selling of the, the leadership, okay? But if that selling continues, uh, they're just going to trash small caps. In fact, that's usually where I short. I'm usually long big caps and I short IWM to hedge. So um, if you look at the chart, there's nothing wrong with it right now. It, it's holding the 50-day moving average. If it holds there, Hey, man, great. We might get a whole nother setup in small caps. So we just don't know yet. And this is why I'm not, I'm not red on the risk monitor. I'm not saying you have to get out of everything like I did in February on the 24th. I said, we got to sell everything. Okay. I'm not saying that now. This could just be a normal correction and consolidation. Next week is going to tell us a lot. And of course, Armor Insiders, I'll be sharing it with you, you know, literally every, you know, <laughs> every second as we go in the Slack room. All right. Thoughts on for Tuesday. Do you think the sell-off will continue? I have Jay. I have no idea what the market's going to do on Tuesday. No clue. I try not to predict because once you start prediction, 
you start believing your own, um, you know, your own BS, right? You make a couple of great predictions and you think you know something. And the market makes fools out of all of us. So all I'm going to do is read and react. If the market holds the lows, here's what I'd like to see. If the market's down in the morning Tuesday and the lows hold and we get a, we get a, short, um, a day trade, first of all, on the buy side, I'll be putting money to work by 1130 if I get that set up right like we did on Friday and we made a killing on that to the close. So I'm looking for that again. I'd like to see another test of the low that holds, right? If the market just rips higher Tuesday morning, honestly, I would be more interested in selling that rip. If it rips higher and starts to roll over, I might be short small caps, honestly. So I just don't know. I'm not making a prediction and telling you what to do because I don't know what I'm going to do. If you're an armor insider, I'll tell you while it's happening what I'm doing. But it really comes down. I had one insider say to me later in the trading session on Friday, are you going to make another day trade today? And I said, I, I don't know. I have to wait and see. If we get the right setup using the algorithm, I'll put money to work. And we did. And we had another run. End of the close. So I'm just going to have to wait and see. We have to read and react, as my high school hockey coach used to tell me. It's, it's true all the way to today. All right. Um, rip through some more questions here. Rob, good morning, Brett. Do you think RKT is a buy? Trying to decide if this dip. All right, let's take a look. It's the O'Neill chart of RKT, Rocket Companies. Detroit-based company provides digital solutions to get a mortgage or home ownership financial freedom. All right, so here's my thought on um, new issues. I manage all my capital using algorithms. Algorithms don't work unless I have enough data that I can crunch to believe the probabilities. So I generally don't buy a new issue unless it's been trading for at least six months. All right, so I'm going to share with you what I have confidence in if I have information that I think is valuable. With a new issue that just started trading, I don't have any information that's valuable. You're on your own on that. It doesn't mean you can't make money. I mean, you certainly can. But I generally avoid new issues until I got six months of data and they set up a chart pattern that makes sense to me. Okay. Um, How about, um, let's see, let's look at Urban Tea, China-based company. Specialty teas distributions. No interest. That's a, a, a peanut stock, and I, I try to stay away from those names. Low float. Yeah, I, I just don't trade those names, my friend. NA, I don't, I don't trade names that are that small that have no, um, no liquidity. And I certainly don't buy anything that has anything to do with China. No interest. I need companies where I can actually believe in the balance sheet and the income statement and where I can actually get on the phone with management and ask questions. I, I can't do that here. Um, before fun times, what does your trading desk look like? How many monitors do you have? Well, my friend, if you'd like to be an Armor Insider, you know, you can subscribe right down here and you can join us on the Slack trading desk. Okay. I'm not going to go over all that right now. I, I basically, on the Slack trading, if you know what Slack is and how it works, it's a, it's a place for us to have conversations, for me to upload charts and graphs 
to, for me to do exclusive videos and share it for you guys to ask me questions. That's how it works. Thanks for the great stuff. Uh, thank you, my friend, Abbas. Um, couple of stocks, you have a question. AG, okay, we went over AG already, right? There's nothing wrong with AG. It's just not, it's not my favorite name. It doesn't rise to the point where it makes my whiteboard. But if precious metals go up and you like that silver stock, have at it. All right. Um, Endeavor, Endeavor Silver. That chart looks pretty good. But again, um, there's Endeavor Silver. And uh, it's in Mexico. Mexico is a, a, a country I'm, I'm willing to invest in. So maybe nothing wrong with that. But I'd have to do a little more research on Endeavor. Actually, I like Endeavor better than AG, to be quite honest with you. Um, so at the end of the day, my, of those two, I would, I would be more interested in Endeavor. But I don't know enough about those about Endeavor to, to give you a real opinion there. Um, ENTX, what do we got here? No, I'm never going to talk about ENTX. Now, you can be pretty sure I'm not going to spend time talking about a stock that's trading, you know, really... Um, uh, at $1 with almost no liquidity. Uh, politics for dummy. Was that you who told me to do that? Thanks so much. I, this sounds better with a new mic setup. Brilliant. Great. Thanks for that advice, whoever it was. Okay. Phil's asking, what time does the insider Slack chat room usually start and end every morning? Want to subscribe? Just unsure if it can be, if I can be in the Slack room. With works. Okay, so Phil, um, good question. Um, the, um, the Slack room is really, I come, I come in at about 8.30 every day and do an exclusive video. So every morning in the Slack chat room for Armor Insiders, I'm doing a let's get ready for the morning video. Okay. And, um, you know, then it's, we're on all day. I mean, I, I've seen, <laughs> there's a beauty of the Slack uh, um, insider trading desk is that we're all involved, honestly, 24 hours a day. Armor insiders, we kind of span the globe. We have insiders in, in Hong Kong, in Uruguay, in Ireland, in Israel, in Canada, in the U.S., and all over the place, right? I mean, forgive me. I mean, Amsterdam, Germany, I mean, everywhere, London. So um, we're always sharing ideas, and it's always on. It's whenever you, you wish to, to have a, make a comment, ask a question, we're all helping each other. But I come in at 8.30 every morning, and I'm there right up until the close, and probably until around 5 or 5.30 is where I you know, start to wind down. That's all New York time, you know what I mean? So um, you can pop in anytime you want. Um, Patrick, how do you feel about the Flyers? I say go Flyers, man. <laughs> I can't believe it. You're forcing a Ranger fan to choose between two hated rivals. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I, got, I got to be a – I just I can't ever root for the New York Islanders, ever, ever. So I'm in the Flyer camp. 
You finally got me. <laughs> All right. Uh, as an insider. Uh, uh, Phil, there's no missing the Slack room. You can come in anytime you want and watch the videos. I do it at 830 in the morning. Whenever you log into the Slack Armor uh, trading desk, you can find that video and watch it. So it's, it's live. It's, uh, it's live 24 hours a day. You can decide to come in before you go to sleep at night at 1130 and read what we've been talking about during the trading session and watch the videos that we've done. Sorry for beating Microsoft. Where's the support level? Okay, last question, I promise. <laughs> okay, all right, let's go to Microsoft again. Let's take a look. Right, let's look at the O'Neill chart first, okay? I, I really don't like that pattern, first of all. Okay, so that's a breakout of this pennant that failed. All right, so now let's go to, um, go to the... Uh, trade station software I use for my own charting and algorithmic um, algorithmic uh, executions. So look, we were buying it right in here. I think we bought it on this day and it popped up and we sold some of it on here and we got out the rest because it comes back to where we bought it. We actually made a, a small profit on that trade. But so this is simply a question of getting out because when, we're not going to let a gain turn into a loss. And now we're going to wait to see where the next setup is. Theoretically, theoretically, uh, Alex, it should hold the 50-day moving average. Look at the trading all the way back to the bottom of the market in late March. Once it broke out right here on uh, uh, April 6th, it's always stayed above the 50. In fact, this is the first real challenge of that. Okay, so... You know, for me, if I, if I still owned it, I would use the low of, the, of Friday as my ultimate stop. You could use the 50-day moving average, but at this point, I would say it's, it's told you what the, what the pain threshold is right here at the low of 205.19. Okay, if it stays above that level, you could stay with it and stick it out and see if this correction is just a short-term consolidation. But for my money, if I still owned it and it took out that number of, of of um, uh, 205.19 by the close of trading, okay? The way we execute, we don't stop out in the first two hours of the day. Then we use the low of the first two hours as the stop for the rest of the day, okay? And if at 345, the stock is below the original stop, which in this case is 205.19, uh, um, then we exit the position, Okay. That's how, that's how I would trade this position if I still owned it. I hope that's helpful. You know, because then the next stop, honestly, if it breaks that, I mean, to me, the next stop is the 200-day, and the market's having a major sell-off. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, I, we, we can't guess and predict. We just have to protect capital and then wait. Hey, let me say this. What, what's wrong with protecting capital, seeing a whole new pattern set up, and buy it again? I don't care if I pay more for it at that point. I know this is like a Yogi Bearism, but it's on my list of armor investing rules of the road. Um, I'd like to pay more because I make more money. I know that sounds ridiculous, but if I pay more on a stock, I make more money. I don't try to buy a falling knife. I like to see where the knife stops, make sure that bottom is held, and then buy at higher prices when I see the move taking place. So weakness in the midst of strength, but top day strength. So we like to see weekly uptrends, 
daily downtrends, weakness in the midst of strength, and then strength on the day we're buying it, not weakness. All right, guys, I got to wrap this up. Or, geez, we're way past uh, an hour here. So I'll get to the last couple of questions. Um, all right, uh, AYX. I can't say that's a chart pattern I have any interest in right there. That's a failure, a gap down below the 200-day. Uh, I wouldn't touch that pattern unless it literally broke back above the 200-day. You know, you, you could put a buy stop in. You know, but I, I wouldn't touch that stock. Last one, uh, Kinross. Nothing wrong with Kinross. Again, it, it doesn't make our leaderboard, but look, it's the same pattern as GDX. You know, if it holds this 50-day and breaks this downtrend, that'd be a great, you know, great stock to own. Okay. Um, are there stocks that actually do well whenever the market dumps? Appreciate your thoughts. Um, not, nothing I can see. Nothing I can. Um, I have a friend here who wants to say goodbye to you all. The answer is no to that question. There's no, um, there's no stock I would necessarily buy if the market's going down. I'd rather hold cash. Hello. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a, a new addition to the team. This is my son, Levi Rosenthal. Would you like to sign off? What are we going to go, go, go do right now? Are we going to go to the beach? What's our plan for the rest of the day? Play hockey. We're going to play some hockey. We're going to play the game. And we have a friend on here who's a Flyer fan, so he's hoping they uh, beat the Islanders in game seven tonight. Okay. Maybe we'll watch. What do you think? Okay. All right. All right, guys. The Flyers went to the Stanley Cup in the LNHL. Oh, with the LNHL. The Levi, uh, um, uh, Levi's uh, National Hockey League. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you later. Have a great weekend. We'll see you all next week. Hi, Levi, says Jay Crow. Hi. <laughs> says Rob M. Hey, Rob. Hi. Hi, Rob. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll talk to you later, guys. Have a great weekend. Hi. All right. <laughs> you look great, too. You cutie. I wanted to be in the show. You did it. You did it. I was in the show. Yeah. What did he say? Right there. Um, this guy Jalali said hi, Levi, with a little a little hand and a boy going like this. No, the one that. Which one? Right there. This is awesome, Brett. Hello, Levi. Oh, this is that that is awesome, Brett. Hello, Levi. Okay. Hello, Levi. This guy's hello, Levi. Jake, hello, Levi. Best channel, great person. Hey, thanks, Jay. You're the man, Brett. Thank you, Jay. All right, so we're done for the day. Okay. <laughs> Hello, this is Brett Rosenthal. Welcome to the Arm Fort. I I had a pill last night and it and I shrunk myself and it seems like it worked. And then you come in. I, you have to say something like I had a I I took some um, vitamins. I to took keep some vitamins to keep me young and it seems like it worked. Seems like it really worked. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, hey daddy, can I be on the show? Sure. And I look at the screen and say, is that me? What happened to me? <laughs> Jeez. I look like I got so much older, Daddy. Oh, my God.